record. Cool. Uh, hey guys, so I'm here with my really good friend, Elena. Good, hi Elena. Hi, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us. Coming to us from LA. She's an actress, she is a yogi. I just took her yoga class earlier today, it was amazing. And she's also an entrepreneur. And Elena, I want you to say hi and introduce yourself too. Hello, um, I am Elena. I've been living in Los Angeles for about five years. And I started my practice of yoga in New York City, actually, which is where I grew up. I started practicing something called Don Yoga maybe about 12 years ago, which is sort of a Korean form of yoga. Stumbled into a class, didn't really know what it was. And actually a friend of mine from Puerto Rico brought me there. He was like, Elena, you're too stressed, come with me. And so that kind of started, started my journey and my curiosity around the practice. And it definitely expanded and somewhat exploded into a much deeper part of my life, moving to Los Angeles and living here and um, practicing now one of my favorite forms of yoga, which is Kundalini yoga. Um, and then also integrating other aspects like yin yoga and vinyasa and of course, lots of meditation. Wow, that sounds amazing. Wow, okay, cool. So we're gonna, uh, the reason I actually uh, wanted Elaine on because she knows a lot about a lot of the things I love and we're gonna talk about them today. Yoga, meditation, some breath work. Um, but let's start with, uh, you said Don, well actually let's start with the pranayama. Uh, yeah. What is pranayama? It's a big word, I've heard it before and a lot of people yep. may or may not have, but what is that and what's special about it or why should we know? Right. There's a lot of words that sometimes people go into a yoga class and they go, well, huh, who? Yeah. So it's nice to kind of allow it to be sort of in the Sanskrit origin of the word, but also give people a deeper understanding of it. So pranayama simply means the use, the balancing, uh, the awareness of the breath. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different pranayama practices that engage the breath in dif different rhythms, different patterns, different holds, which activate different centers of the body, different centers of the brain. That's really the key part, that it activates different centers of the brain. And it causes the brain to release feel-good hormones throughout the body. And sort of a big one, and this might be a little technical, but I think is vital, is it plays a huge role in activating the vagus nerve. And if you guys are interested in learning about the vagus nerve, you can Google it. And there's some great <clears throat> articles, I think one came out in the New Yorker, about how the vagus nerve sort of is sort of the secret chain that weaves throughout our entire body and has an incredible amount of influence over everything from our heart rate to our liver function to our endocrine system. It attaches to our kidneys and our diaphragm and our brain. Wow. So with different types of pranayama, you could activate different hormonal responses in your body. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because just like when you're stressed. So here's a really good example. Let's talk about stress and let's talk about fear. Let's just say this is a good example for us, right? Let's say we're rock climbing. Yeah. That's another story. Right? Yep. I'm high up. I'm scared. What do you start to feel? Your breath shortens. It's in the upper respiratory section. So the lung, like any muscle, tightens and shortens. Mm -hmm. And as the lung tightens and shortens and the breath becomes more shallow, what happens to the heart? What happens to the skin? Sweat. Why? Our adrenaline is going up because our body is going into a fight or flight or freeze response mode. 
And that's fine. You know, we're humans, just like animals, we need to be able to activate and keep ourselves safe. So when you're rock climbing and you're activated, that's fine. Your alertness, your sensitivities, your sense of sound increases so you can react and respond appropriately. Great. When that's not great is if you're like, oh, let me read the news. And then all of a sudden, everything goes up. So what can happen in life is that outside of a moment of fear, our bodies are actually activating the fear response, which does activate our hormones and different chemicals throughout the body unintentionally. So yes, fear response when you're hanging off a cliff, great. Fear response when you're reading something in stillness, not so great. It creates inflammation in the body. And that's when people start to experience things like chronic stress, which can lead to anxiety. Right. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, so what's uh, how can I use my pranayama more purposefully? <laughs> <laughs> so pranayama is the practice, right? And our breath is what we want to use. And so one of the things that you know people say to me a lot is, uh, I don't know how to do yoga, or like, oh, I'm not flexible. And I tell people often that the most vital part of any practice, whether it's pranayama, meditation, or yoga, is bringing your awareness to your breath. That's the foundation. That's the beginning point. That's the ending point. Mm. And that's something that you don't need to have any knowledge or experience to do. It's something that we're all given the power to do. So every emotion that you experience, as I explained, fear, has a corresponding breath pattern. Think about it. Pleasure. You breathe deeper, you breathe slower, your eyes might close. Pain, short and tight. Excitement, fast and deep. If it's anticipation, something positive. So our emotions have corresponding breath patterns. Those corresponding breath patterns send signals to the vagus nerve, send signals to the heart, send chemicals rushing to the body. So what you want to do with your breath, if you're looking and going, what is she talking about? Just to keep it really simple is to recognize with your hand the beat of your heart. With your other hand, if you can see, your belly. Mm -hmm. And just breathe into the belly. The reason why this is important is because most people breathe into the chest. We want to breathe into the belly. It massages the vagus nerve. And when you massage that nerve, it actually releases endorphins. So just take one deep breath with me into the belly. Exhale through the mouth. And wherever you are at home, sitting down or even walking, just take a minute to notice if you can feel a shift in the actual chemistry of your body. Lighter, softer, more present. That is the essence of any great practice is just being able to check in, bring your awareness to your breath and move it deeper into your body. Oh, that's really cool. I felt it too. I did feel more relaxed and like in even that one like exhalation. Right. And that's the thing. That's why a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time or I'm not flexible. Or, I don't know how. I always say that's okay. All of these tools we can access 
in the span of 15 seconds if we need to. And so of course, yes, if you're going to sit for an hour and do that in a class, like you're going to be feeling real good and it feels amazing. And that's great. If you have the time to do that, wonderful. But if you don't, don't think of the breath or any practice as something you need to go and schedule and do. I think the most important thing is to be aware that our breath is something we can access in any moment. Yeah, absolutely. Standing in line in the car in LA traffic. Great time to do pranayama. Oh yeah, especially in traffic. Now we don't have any, but back then I was all. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Quarantine, which is part of the reason I actually wanted to do this video so people can have some cool techniques to manage this too, right? The, the stress some people might have by just being in one place, you know? Yes, there's a lot of chronic stress that's associated with either being still, watching a lot of news, all of the emotions associated with what we're all going through right now are sending a lot of stress hormones through the body. And so now is a great time to consciously recognize, well, how can I get some of those endorphins going? Um, And that doesn't mean letting go of your emotions or your worries or your thoughts. A lot of people say, if we shift the conversation now from pranayama to meditation, a lot of people say, ah, I can't meditate. My mind is like, I lay down there on that mat and all I hear is a jillion thoughts running through my mind. And I say, great, you're hearing them. What happens often is that those thoughts shift to the subconscious. We don't hear them and they're still going. They're back there influencing you. Yeah. And you're not always hearing them. So fine, you're meditating and they're getting really loud. Okay. At least you're able to hear them, which means you're bringing your awareness to your mind. That's meditation. Mm-hmm. Don't judge. Don't worry about saying, hey, be quiet. I'm trying to meditate. No, just say, hey, I see you. And this is my meditation. With awareness, you do become more peaceful. And you can also tune into the idea of, oh, I'm really freaked out about my bills. And that thought is incessantly there. Yeah. I see that it's there. I acknowledge with compassion that it's there. And I'll deepen my breath. And of course, you can't resist that endorphin rush that happens with the breath. It does soothe the mind and soothe the thoughts a little bit. Mm. And if you're just starting out, maybe just a little. And that's fine. So as far as the mind and as far as stress and as far as what's happening now, anyone can meditate by simply being aware of what's in there. And then when I'm teaching a class, I work with metaphors that tend to help people and tend to bring people's awareness to the thoughts. And not only does it bring their awareness to the thoughts, but you start to realize how to bring your awareness without grasping and holding. One of my favorite metaphors to use is, Think of yourself as someone fishing on the side of a river and there you are fishing and your thoughts are the fish and they're all jumping and splashing and they're all there. Happy fish, sad fish, angry fish, worried fish, sexy fish, sweet fish, all kinds of fish. You're not fishing even though you are a fisher person. Mm -hmm. You catch and release. So you catch the thought fantasy, you release. Hmm. You catch the fear, feel the fear, release. 
and you just continue to catch and release. And don't get rid of the fish. They're always there. Yeah. That's eventually great. they become less. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe eventually you get better at uh, uh, tuning. It, when you just said that, it reminded me of the idea of like tuning into different channels, right? Like I could tune into sadness. I could tune into ecstasy. I could tune into anger or happiness, right? Mm-hmm. So made me think of that too. That's cool. Do you feel, is that a similar kind of analogy? Yes, absolutely. Because as I mentioned, they're there, you know, when you're doing the dishes, they might jump in. Yeah. Right. When you're having a friend, you know, conversation with a friend that might be triggering, they might tune in. So the beauty of meditating is you can kind of see, especially in the morning, where am I today? Where are my thoughts today? Oh, am I feeling agitated? Am I feeling a little stank today? You become aware so that doesn't come out on or be acted out on situations that come up for you during the day. Right. And then you go, oh, wow, I just, you know, yelled at someone. I didn't realize how stressed I was. The beauty of starting your morning, for example, with meditation is you go, oh, no, I realize. (laughs) And then I can do some self-care so that if I do interact with someone today and I do feel triggered, I could say, hey, you know what? Feeling a little stressed today, just so you know not you it's me mm, that's cool i like what you said in the beginning I, I never heard of it that way that when you have a lot of thoughts it's a good thing because you're actually bubbling up right um but that's great it reminds you of like disease right like usually people think that's a bad thing when it comes out but it's actually you're curing yourself and you're cleansing yourself but we usually try to push it back in right um that's really cool and somebody was asking about that the other day so i'm going to make sure to next time they ask uh, to use that example thank you uh, the third thing you were going to tell us about was what me and you did this morning in your awesome class. And if you guys actually want to do some great yoga, I'm going to do more of it uh, during the yeah. quarantine, which is really awesome, especially now because we're stuck at home. Elena does an amazing Zoom yoga class. And the thing I liked about it a lot too is it's short. I told her that earlier, right? It's not like an hour and a half and all that, which is cool too, right? But it's nice to get a quick dose and like feel really good. And then it makes me want to go back because I know it's not going to suck up like an hour and a half of my time. So if you guys want to learn more about that, it'll be in the notes and you could also reach out to us too. But Elena, tell us about uh, the next thing, the yoga and all that stuff. Yeah. So moving on to the body. So we talked a little bit about breath. We talked a little bit about meditation. So we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the body and yoga and the practice that I'm teaching is yin yoga. Yin is the opposite of yang. So it's sort of the softer practice, meaning if you guys have ever taken a vinyasa class and you're like, how many more chaturangas can I do? This is torture. This is harder than Barry's boot camp." Well, yes, vinyasa can be harder. Um, and the beauty of yin is that you're holding poses longer. It's really gentle. It's slow and it's more about lengthening and opening the muscles mm. and releasing the muscle tissue that's wrapped around the bone so that you can soften and relax. A lot of us right now don't even realize it, but we're just kind of a little like, ching, just the slightest bit. (laughs) And so (laughs) to calm it down actually does take awareness, soften the brow, open the jaw, soften the tongue. And you realize, whoa, clenching or whoa, furrowing. So you can really sort of take the time to do a body scan in yin yoga. Yin yoga is a lot about bringing your attention and your awareness to the body. So again, it's not about being able to do a split or being able to do the best bow pose. 
It's really about how deeply can you soften the body down. And honestly, sometimes relaxing is hard. So I talk a lot to sort of guide people in it and guide their attention towards letting go. Wonderful. I like that. Yeah, it was nice. The the lengthening of the muscles and the kind of softening them, that was really useful because I am definitely rigid. Uh, more than normal, but uh, even for everyday people, right? Even when we're back in our normal life, sitting down, right? Most people are kind of in a box all day. So it's mm-hmm. nice to do that. What uh, what can somebody do uh, in terms of maybe a yoga move aside from joining like a class like yours? That's obviously the best idea, right? But if they wanted to wake up, I know myself when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do, I do like a downward dog and I kind of flow through it just for like five minutes just to give my body a nice little wake up. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you think somebody can do that's like a baseline yoga thing, like for five seconds or a minute or whatever that's can start the gateway to yoga? Oh yes. So, um, this is one of my favorite moves. I love this. So I'm going to demonstrate. So this will be really relaxing for people because the reason why I like this is because it engages the breath. It engages the body and it engages your mind, your awareness. So you're bringing all three key pieces together. So if you can see me, you're going to fold, you're going to interlace your fingers behind your back, straighten the arms down. If that's a lot, that's enough. Now we're going to move into the breath work part. Inhale, raise, inhale, raise, inhale, raise, hold and open the chest. Feels good. And then you're going to exhale out of the mouth. Beautiful. Dropping it all the way down. And you'll do that three times with your eyes closed, bringing your attention to the energy in the center of your heart. It'll also help you release and balance emotions. Inhale, raise. Inhale, raise. Inhale, raise and hold the breath in. Hold the posture. Exhale out of the mouth. And for the sake of being even, we'll just do it one more time. (laughs) Inhale, raise. Inhale, raise. Inhale, raise and hold. Exhale all the way down. I felt great. I'm so glad. Yeah. What's that doing? So basically, we hold a lot of emotional energy in the heart, obviously. But we also hold a lot of muscular tightness and closing off depending on how we're working and using our bodies. So it's a perfect counter stretch to obviously open and lengthen the muscle, but also it's an emotional release. It's really, really soothing to the senses and the breath work that hold is similar to something called the box breath where you take three inhales, three moments to hold three moments to exhale and three moments to hold on empty. So you're making a little box it's close to that and you're just sinking the breath with the body. So it's just a little taste of alignment 
for those three parts of yourself that you can grab for literally 60 seconds in your day. That's awesome. I'm going to include that for sure when I need to get up. But this is great for me because I'm really tight usually in my shoulders, but also I'm usually going forward a lot. Right? So that's not, it felt really good to open up. Cool. I know you have a special gift for like a, a takeaway or an actionable item people can do uh, at home along with that, right? What was, did you want to share that with us? Yeah. So if you at all are like, no, I move my arms. I don't want to do any of that. Really the simplest thing is starting to learn how to breathe. And the only reason why I think this is the most important fundamental part of all of this is because, and this is a mistake I made in yoga. I didn't realize that I didn't really know how to breathe. So when I started doing vinyasa, I was like, I'm about to kill this class. <laughs> That's me too. Yeah. yeah, right? I heard you. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> and then 20 minutes in, you're like, I'm about to die. Like, why did I come to this class? <laughs> well, the reason is because we're breathing where we normally unfortunately breathe, which is the upper respiratory area. And when you activate that upper shallow breath, yeah. your adrenaline is pumping. So you notice one, you sweat more, two, you burn out faster, and three, you actually start to feel stressed out. And you're like, fuck this class. I wish I wasn't here. <laughs> So it totally takes you to the place where, you know, unintentionally you're trying to get out of, right? You go there and you didn't even realize you were going to that place again of stress and activating frustration. So what I learned was how to breathe. And so this is my important tip and takeaway. Diaphragmatic breathing, great thing to Google, tons of great teachers online. This again goes back to where we started, activating the vagus nerve into rest and recover not fight or flight and freeze. So take your hands just below your belly button, drop the chest down, inhale into the belly. Yeah, Naeem, give us a good view. Inhale into the belly through the nose. Exhale, nose or mouth. And you can do that once, you can do that twice, you can do that three times. Just inhaling through the nose. Feel your belly expand into your hands and exhaling, feel it contract in your hands. Using your hands as a guide to teach your body how to breathe. Inhaling one last time into the belly. Exhaling nose or mouth. Bringing the belly in as you exhale and out as you inhale, massages the diaphragm, it massages the vagus nerve. And that's more important than anything. When you start there, you can cruise through any class, mm -hmm. any experience with a lot more ease. Isn't that so cool, changing some, I was gonna say simple, but it's not, it's not meant to like mean it's not important, like the most important thing, breath, right? But changing something as simple as your breath can make it so much easier, right? And yeah. Uh, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know the right word there, right? Painful or effortful or whatever it is. 
Yeah. And naturally, if you look at a baby, babies know how to breathe this way. But as we get older, we go, oh, I don't want my tummy to look big. And men feel that way too. They're like, I don't want to look bulgy around here when I eat or breathe. And we unconsciously train our body out of what babies already know how to do, which is diaphragmatic breathing. So we have to retrain ourselves and say, yeah, it's okay to let the belly out. Yeah and pull it in. It's natural for it to expand. Right. I got a question for you as I was doing that. Why do we breathe through our, in through our nose and exhale through the mouth? Is there a reason for that? That is actually just a technique that I use. There's a lot of different breathing techniques and I like that one because when you're starting to do this practice, when you engage everything, the sound, the sensation, you can actually become more activated the more active you are when you start. There's a lot of practices like ujjayi breathing, for example, which is also called oceanic breath, where you start with your mouth open to learn as if you're fogging up a window. (sighs) But then you learn, okay, keep that sensation, close down the mouth, and it happens through the nose. But you want to keep that sound in the throat. So a lot of practices start with the mouth open to get people engaged, get people understanding the sensation. For example, breath of fire, which is a rapid in and out. So easy for someone to hyperventilate and go, why, why, why am I doing this? So you start by teaching people to pant like a dog. So again, it's out of the mouth. Open, out panting and all you have to do is tune into that idea and the belly goes with it but the minute you tell people close your mouth do it through your nose for some reason we lose the connection to the diaphragm so i like to start my breathing out by activating that oceanic sound breathing out of the mouth there's also a lot of buddhist meditations um, called mouth breathing meditation that is all in and out of the mouth because it brings your awareness to the sound and that oceanic sound is actually tuning into a part of our brains that does naturally go into a meditative state when we are near the ocean. And ironically, ocean sounds are the number one most downloaded sound on iTunes because it does take our brain wave into a calm state without us having to do anything. So activating that sound for yourself is another great tool to bring the ocean within wow that's why i'm always in a meditative state here (laughs) it's great i have the ocean over there um so jealous (laughs) but i can't be it's two miles away from me (laughs) so what can uh how can people connect with you and learn more if they want to ask you a question or try to i'm going to post a link about your class too uh how can they find out more about you if you want they want to connect with you Yeah, if you guys want to connect with me, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. It's E-L-E-N-A-G-O-O-D-E. And you'll see me there. I post a lot about recycling. I post a lot about meditations and um, a lot of nature photos and random stuff. So join me there. Feel free to send me a message. And I would love to connect. And join my class if you guys are free. Join my class. Yeah, when it's Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9.30 Pacific time, right? Exactly. Tuesdays and 30s, 9.30 Pacific time. It runs between 30 to 40 minutes. So just know sometimes we go slightly over. 
Um, but yeah, it just depends, but it is short and sweet. And then are you teaching yoga now also, uh, in LA, like off, off digital, like, yeah, I'm teaching privates. I'm teaching privates. I'm sort of migrating into the studio world slowly. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying doing privates so I can kind of work with people's individual needs and schedules. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elena. It's good to see you. Thanks for jumping on and sharing your wisdom. My pleasure. I'll chat with you later. Disfruta la isla de encanta. Sí. <laughs>